And let me also say, remember, continue to pray for uh, Sister Rosie. She's, uh, she's better, but she's still uh, not got her strength back and able to be here tonight. So pray for her and, and uh, of course, Brother Jimmy taking care of her. Then also Brenda, she's back home. Just continue to pray for her, for her healing, and ask God just to be with her. We've got others that are facing some health issues that touch their bodies. Pray for uh, Sister Patty and the Lord's hand be on her and just watch over her and meet her needs also. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. And uh, we're in a series that we have titled, What's on Your Mind? We've been preaching this on Wednesday nights. It's so important. The mind is so important. Uh, from that comes our actions, becomes our intents, our attitudes, and uh, it directly affects our walk with God. And so it's so important that our mind be one that is in, in conjunction with the Word of God and following the Word of God. Philippians chapter 1. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to this evening. Philippians chapter 1. We're going to begin reading in verse 27. We're going to go on down into chapter 2, just a, a few verses there. But we'll begin in chapter 1. In verse 27, it says, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God." For unto you is it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same com uh, conflict which ye saw in me and now here to be in me. Chapter 2, and really the, the divisions of the chapters were put in later. This letter that was written to the Philippians by Paul, there was no divisions there. Uh, they never had the divisions. We put that in there for, for to help us. But in verse 1 says, If there be any, therefore any consolation in Christ, if there are any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy and mercies, uh, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves." Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Look back at verse 2 of chapter 2. We'll use that as our text, but we're going to be looking at some of these other verses here. In verse 2 it says, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. I like preaching message I've titled, Be of one mind. And let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening asking, Lord, that the scripture would be true in our hearts and lives in our church. Lord, that we'd be of one mind, one accord, one spirit. And Lord, that we'd magnify you and that we'd glorify you, Lord, with our lives and all that we do. Lord, there's such a need today for the church to be strong in the face of adversity. And Lord, it's impossible to be that if the church is not of one accord and of one mind. So, Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen us tonight. Lord, just may sometimes seem like on Wednesday nights preaching some messages maybe that are uh, not for everybody here, but, Lord, at the same time, just great reminders of some things that we need in our hearts and lives. Bless now the preaching of thy word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. 
Probably one of the great tragedies that I see in, in churches and talking to different pastors and traveling around a little bit and being in some churches and knowing of some churches and talking to different pastors on the phone is the division in the family of God. The division where churches no longer are growing, no longer are they, some of them the doors are closed. They, I mean, they've, they've went as far as and shut down. A, I was talking to a young man last night that, uh, uh, he's, he's a preacher and, uh, he, he's from Illinois. And I used to preach for his grandfather. About every year I'd preach for his grandfather and, uh, for several years, I don't know how many years, I'd preach a revival in the spring and we had some great meetings. Uh, the church run probably two, 250 at times. And, uh, just a great meeting in Mattoon, Illinois. Jake Frederick was a pastor there. And God moved. We, it was nothing to have a, a revival, have 14, 15 people get saved. And uh, just God work in a special way. They had a Christian school. We'd preach in a Christian school and just see some great movement of the teenagers and stuff like that. That church now no longer exists. The church no longer in existence. Uh, the, when Brother Frederick got to a certain age, naturally because of health reasons and stuff, he had to step back. They brought in, they, Got a man come in and, and he took that church down to about two, about, down to about 20. And then after that, another man come in and he took it down to zero and closed it. And, uh, there's problems in churches all across America. Churches are closing. And I think one of the reasons that they're closing is because of what I'm preaching on tonight. The reason is, is that there's not the one mind, the one spirit, the one like-mindedness concerning the things of God in the church. that's uh, splintered, it's, it's scattered, and people's minds are about everything else. Instead of having a like-mindedness, instead of being of one mind and of one accord together about the things of God, I'm not saying, nor does the Scripture suggest, that we be carbon copies. We're not. We're not carbon copies. And you say, after looking at me, you say, praise the Lord. <laughs> But the fact is, is that even though we're not to be carbon copies, there will always be, and there will always be differences in our lives. There's even going to be differences in some areas of what I would call minor doctrines that we don't agree on. But when it comes to the fundamentals of the faith, and when it comes to those doctrines that, that are so vital to the church and so vital to souls being saved and so vital to exalting God and, and lifting him up for who he is. There's no room to, to sway on that. There's just no room to change on that. Uh, I, over the years of preaching, uh, to, I don't know, untold number of people. I don't know how many. I've always run across people that didn't agree with me on some of the things I preach on. That's okay. They got a right to be wrong. No. <laughs> But the fact of it is, is that, uh, you know, that's just the way it we are. We're not to be carbon copies and we're not, and we don't see everything and we don't do everything exactly the same. But there's one thing that is needed in the church today and is that one mind and one accord and one spirit concerning the things of God. That's so important. Without that, it, the church becomes fractured. There should also be a like-mindedness of the purpose and the walk with the Lord as the children of God. 
Here the, the Philippian church was facing some difficulties and adversities and Satan was trying to divide and destroy the church. And just as he is today, uh, Satan wants to attack and he wants to destroy church. Churches, you can drive all over the country tonight if you wanted to and you'll find many of the churches, the lights are out. They're closed. They'll come back on Sunday morning have a service on Sunday morning, and a lot of them won't even open back up on Sunday night. They're closing down, and, and that's just, you know, and I'll be honest with you, we don't eat that way. We should be getting in the Word of God as much as possible. But when the church becomes divided, when there's not that one mind concerning these great truths of God's Word that are so important, and when there's not that one mind of concerning reaching lost souls and and magnifying the Lord and glorifying God, a church becomes divided. It won't be long that it, till it falls and ultimately closes the doors or at least greatly loses the ability to reach lost souls and to reach the community around them. We see it all the time. And so it's so important that we look here. In fact, uh, Jesus, when he was talking about, and he, this is, is, he was actually talking about how that they was accusing him of being a Beelzebub and casting out the devil by, by the, by the works of the devil. And, uh, he said, you know, how can, he, he talked about how can, uh, you know, Satan stand if Satan is, is casting out Satan. But it goes on down in Matthew or in Mark chapter 3, verse 25, and he says, And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. Now he was referring to what they was talking about, but that is so true about the church. If the church be divided, not like-minded, not of one accord, not of one spirit, not of one mind, over a period of time, that church will become divided and it will fall. So Paul's encouraging the Philippian church here to be of one mind, that they might be able to stand in the adversities that they were going to face and that they were facing. I'm going to tell you something that's taking place right now in, in America. Uh, I, I have different outlets of different preachers and different organizations uh, that, that track things in the in the church and 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 what's going on in in uh, the politics concerning that and, and so forth even. And there is a big movement right now that's starting up that is attacking the church in America. I'm talking about a political movement that is an attack to try to squelch the church, to stop the church, it really got ramped up by some of them when they, when the Supreme Court came out against Roe versus Wade and ruled that it wasn't constitutional to have that, you know, that, that ruling. And they, they look at the church, they look at the conservatives, those who believe that life begins at conception. Uh, even one of the, uh, well, Nancy Pelosi made the, uh, the smart aleck remark that, well, that's a bunch of people that think that, you know, there are a bunch of people that think that uh, life begins at the, at a dinner before, uh, before the night before conception. And what it is is an attack and trying to, to stop the church. Now, 
we can look at people like Nancy Pelosi and Biden and these different people and we can get angry. But can I put a different face on this group? It's called Satan. It's called Satan. I understand that they're attacking. What they don't understand is that they're pawns of the devil. And they're being used to bring about a a attack upon the church. And, and that's what we're going to see in the last days. In fact, the Bible talks about the fact that there will be a purging, really, of the church. That those who are really not born-again believers and we're going to flee the, going to flee the church. You say, oh, preacher, the churches are not there. Really me, oh, that's not born. Oh, yeah, the churches are full of people who aren't saved. In fact, if you look at Matthew 25, there's probably 50% of the church, not necessarily this church, but of the church that they call the church that's lost. You got the ten virgins, five were wise, five were foolish. And so we see this attack. And so you've got to be able to stand. And as things begin to come down the pike and as things begin to get difficult and hard, there needs to be a strength in the church to stand. If the church is divided, the church is going to close. And the only way that it can be that way is that there has to be one mind. Well, we're to stand in one mind, first of all, for the gospel. Look at verse 27 of chapter 1. It says, only let your conversation, otherwise your life, not just talking about what you say. That word conversation is a, is a term that's used in the Bible. When you see that, it's talking about your manner of life, which does include your speech, but it's talking about how you live. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, Otherwise, it, it reflects it, it, it shares it. It's a good testimony of what the gospel has done in your life. That whether I come to see you, Paul's talking to him here, he says, whether I come to see you, Tom Philippians here, he says, whether I come to see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs. And then this is what he says here, that ye stand fast in the spirit, in one spirit. Okay, one spirit. With one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Notice that he says striving together. With one mind, striving how? Together. Of one mind, coming together, being able to stand against the wiles of the devil, being able to stand because you're of one mind. We're not carbon copies, but we have this one mind, this one purpose in our hearts, and that is to live for God, to serve God, to magnify God, to see souls saved, and to live a good Christian testimony. There should be a concerted effort of the one mind, the one spirit, to get the gospel to the lost and to live as we should, to project the Lord Jesus Christ with our lives before those that are around us. How many times, and, and let's just do this. How many of you have ever heard, of, whether it be this church or another church, or something said, somebody said, well, that church is full of hypocrites. You ever heard of that? Yeah, heard. I wouldn't, I, I, I'm not interested because they're all hypocrites. Or I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go there because of hypocrites. Yeah, I've heard it. Can I say this? I understand what they're saying. 
But they're looking for an excuse. And I used to tell people, you got to be smaller than what you hide behind. Okay? you got to be smaller than what you hide behind. But the fact is this. If we're of one mind, if we're of one spirit, if we're of one accord, you're not going to see hypocrites. You're going to see a church that's standing for the Lord Jesus Christ. If that one mind and one spirit is that of following the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there needs to be that so that we can reflect, so that we can show, so that we can project our Lord and Savior to others. There'll be a uniting in the heart and the mind that brings a sweetness and a, and a drive into the church to seek the Lord and to, to reach others for Christ. You know what there ought to be in the, in the church? There ought to be a spirit in the church that, man, we just love to see souls saved. We just love to get people in the church. We just love to. And there's just that, that pulling together of, one, man, we just got to reach as many people as we can and marshal and just, man, I know somebody I can invite. And, boy, I tell you, I want to get them in church. And I know somebody's lost and I want to see them get saved. And, and, I, and I'm inviting them to come and Maybe I'm having them over for lunch, or maybe I'm having, you know, whatever it is so that I can get them in church. And boy, there's that. The whole church is excited about what God's doing and, and, a, and a heart and a mind for that. And boy, we come, we come wanting to see God do something. And we come, boy, just excited and our minds are together to see God do something. Can I give you reality? It's not that way. If the truth is known, many in the church, whether it be this church or any church, come just because that's what they're supposed to do. That's just what we've always done. That's what we're supposed to do, so we're going to go. And their mind is not set on the things of God. Their spirit's not set upon what God's wanting to do. There's not that one accord with those necessarily that want to see that happen. This like-mindedness will strengthen the church in the face of the enemy and the attack that we'll face as we stand for the Lord. And it'll also remove fear. You know, as things worsen in the world, you need strength. And as things begin to close in, you need to be able to stand with somebody that believes the way you believe and, and thinks upon the Word of God. Paul's telling the Philippians here in verse 28, look at verse 28, says, And in nothing terrified by your adversaries. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries. He said when you're in that one mind, one spirit, in one accord, he said it'll help take away the fear of those days of difficulties and struggles. And we're in those days, those last days, when it's e it would be easy to get fearful and to, to, as we see things happen. But my friend, if we got brothers and sisters in Christ that were of one mind, one spirit, and one accord, then we got strength. goes on and says, which is to them an evident token of perdition, otherwise Satan's attack. But to you of salvation, that of God. Otherwise, God brings you together, strengthens you, going to help you through it. Verse 29 says, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but notice, look at that next one. We don't like this other part, but also to suffer for His sake. 
but also to suffer for his sake. You know, we like it when it's mountaintop stuff. We like it when the shouting's going. We like the amen. We like those songs that glorify God. We like that clapping. We like to, to praise the Lord and magnify it. Well, some of you don't, but man, I do. Praise God. Lift a hand to the Lord. God's good. He says, wait a minute. He said, there's going to be adversities. There's going to be attacks. And if you're not like-minded, if you're not of one mind in the Lord, you're going to feel that the attack is on you alone and that you have to face it alone. You know what? Years ago, my brother, Jim Seal, his friend, my friend Mark Seal, I don't remember. I, I don't know if I was in, in a junior high or a freshman. I don't know what it was. Rick was driving. I must have been either eighth grade or, or a freshman. Rick was driving one night and was going through town. We had the windows down and we just laughing and having a good time like that. And I, and a car passed us and I hollered something out the window. I don't even know what I hollered out the window. This car made this U-turn and got up on our tail and pulled it and got us and finally got us off there in town. A big old boy. And my brother has never forgiven me for this. Big old boy crawls out of that car. His name's Mutt. I'm not kidding. His name's Mutt. Mutt Henson. He walks up, and man, he begins to let Rick have it. I thought he was going to reach in, drag him right through the side window on the car. Say, so how'd you feel? Didn't bother me. I was in the back seat. They was up front. <laughs> You know what? It didn't bother me. I was too dumb to realize that he was big enough to whiff all of us. <laughs> but there was something about being in that car together that there felt like there was some safety. I remember a fellow by the name of, of Phil McCoy that was on basketball team, and Phil was a little feller. We put him in a locker one time, closed the door. But Phil was one of those that, man, he, he, just, he just spouted off all the time. We'd be walking down the hall, and there'd be several of us ball players together. We'd be talking and everything, and he'd see somebody, and he'd holler something at them. And, man, here they'd come after him. And he'd jump behind us. <laughs> and I don't know how many times we saved that boy's skin. But he felt confident because he was amongst those who he knew because we was on the ball team together, we was going to protect that little booger. I think that's why we put him in the locker. <laughs> you know what? As a church, as Satan attacks, as things begin to tighten down in these last days and 
It's good to have those who are of like mind that can stand together against the wiles of the devil and encourage one another and, 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 and be there for one another and, and, and call on the Lord together. Far too often Christians think the Christian life is a rocking chair. No, my friend, it's a battleground. And we need to get together and realize what, what, that we need to be of one mind and one spirit and one, one accord. The troops in the Lord's army need to be of one mind and for the cause and the glory of Christ. You look at the battle going on over in the Ukraine and one of the reasons that the Ukrainians are winning because they're, they're of a like mind. They want to win. And they're fighting a much larger country and, but yet they're standing against that adversity because they're of one mind, they're of one spirit on that. We need to be that way for the Lord. Being of one mind should be centered on one love. Look here with me in verse 1 and 2 of chapter 2. If there therefore be, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, he says, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded, having the same, look at that, the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Can I say that it's impossible to be of one mind if you don't have the same love? If you don't have the same love, it's hard to be of the same mind. In Amos chapter 3 and verse 3, it says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? And what I'm saying tonight is if you're not in agreement, uh, if we're not in agreement of our love in Christ, it's impossible for us to be of one mind. You say, well, what are you, what are you talking about? A Christian, they love Christ. Let me, let me, let me break it down for you. The Bible says that we're to love the Lord with all of our, with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. And another verse says, in our strength, with all of it. Not part of it, with all. The word all is in there. Okay? If Levi, he loves the Lord. You love the Lord? Okay, you love the Lord. But if Levi is, really his life is more about himself. If his life is more about basketball than it is about Jesus Christ, then would you agree with me that he doesn't love the Lord with all his heart, soul, and mind? But let's say that that we go to Blake, his brother, and his Blake brother, his brother is is man, he's on fire for the Lord. He, he, he wants to serve God. He wants to do everything he possibly can. He's, he's wanting to be obedient. He's, he's spending time in prayer. He's spending time in the Word of God. And when he comes to church, he's, he's on the edge of his seat waiting for God to do something great and mighty in his life and in the lives of his friends and the lives of other people. Uh, every chance he gets, he tells somebody about Jesus Christ and inviting them to church. And, and he just has this love. It's overwhelming. Oh, yeah, he likes basketball, but not like he loves the Lord. Oh, yeah, he loves uh, fishing, but not like he loves loves the Lord. Oh yeah, he loves this, but he don't love it like he loves the Lord. Can I tell you something? Even though they're brothers, they can't be like-minded. They're not like-minded. He loves the Lord, but not like he does. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying that we can't have fellowship. I'm not saying that we can't have a good time. 
And I'm not saying that, that they're bad people, but here's what's happening today. So many Christians that love the Lord, but they don't love Him with all their heart, soul, and mind strength. It's easy to hit, miss, church. It's easy to, to uh, go do something else instead of read your Bible and pray. It's easy to look at things that the scriptures is, is plain on. It might be, you know, and I'm just going to be honest with you because I'm seeing so much of this today. Hey, listen, it is dead wrong according to scripture. If you want me to, I'll go to the scripture tonight and we can preach another message with it. To drink liquor and alcohol. Oh, but preacher, the Bible says wine. Get your head out of the sand about wine. The Bible says it's oinos. It's new wine. It's new grape juice. It's not the fermented. And people want to use that as an excuse to drink. My friend, that is a lie from the devil. And so they... They take that and they take other things and they, they go off over here. Well, ah, that's, you know, and before and they're still in church, they're still good people and so many things like that. But yet when it comes right down to it, you can't be like-minded with them because they don't want all the scripture. They don't want it all. They want to pick and choose what's right for them. Can I tell you something? The scripture is not a... What's right for me is not right for you. What's right for me is going to be right for you, according to Scripture. Now, He has a different will for my life and your life. But I'm talking about when you get down to the Scripture, what's right is right. And it's impossible to be, be a, be, you know, and I don't say you can't have good fellowship, but they're not good people. And so on goes the list of things there. But my friend, it's hard to be because here's what's hap- will happen. You got those who, who is, is, they love the Lord, but it's not with all their heart, soul, and mind. And then you got those who love the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind. And my friend, they can come together on Sunday. They can sit side by side. They can sing the same songs. They can, they can spend time together. They can, they can fellowship together. They go out to eat together and all those things like that. But when the, when it comes down to the, the struggles, like the Philippians was meeting there and what they was uh, coming their direction, what's going to happen is those that over here, they're going to begin to fade away. They'll do one of two things. They'll either change their heart and become of one mind or they will find a church that fits their heart, that fits their mind. They're not looking to get their mind fitted with the Word of God and the things of God. They're looking to get their mind fitted with someone that they want to be like-minded with them, okay? And I'm not trying to be cruel and mean. I'm just telling you how it is. And so our churches today are splintered. And that's why they're closing. And that's why a lot of preachers, when they get up, they don't want to preach against anything that's controversial. Because when you do, 
it caused more splintering. Can I tell you something? I don't have to answer to you for what I preach. I have to answer to God. And so therefore, I've got to stay with the Word of God. Whether we're like-minded together or not, I've got to do what God says. So what we're needing is we're needing to be of a like mind concerning the Word of God and the things of God. A person's love for the world, if it exceeds his love for Christ, it'll be impossible for him to be of one mind, one spirit, of one accord with one that loves the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind. One goes to church because that's what he's supposed to do. He enjoys being around God's people and singing. The other goes to church to hear from God, to draw closer to the Lord, desires to see God come down in the service, wants to see souls saved, wants God to do something in his life and use him in a powerful way. When the enemy attacks, as I said, the one will fade away. Can you imagine, though, the power of God and the work of the Lord if Everyone were of one mind, one accord, one spirit, in a sold-out love for the Lord. You're talking about the power of God coming down and doing something. It'd be tremendous. One-mindedness brings humility into our lives just as Christ humbled himself and came as a man. Look at verse 3 of chapter 2 and and verse 4 also. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness, look at that, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. We look upon one another humbly, is what he's saying, we should, And there's a care one for another. Though we're all different and have different little quirks about us and oddities, as we're like-minded, we put away our agenda and take up the great agenda of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many of you in here put salt on your watermelon when you eat it? Shame on the rest of you. You say, that's weird. No, that's one of my quirks. I like salt on watermelon. It makes it sweet. How many of you like fried fish eggs? You're all weird. (laughs) Y'all don't know what you're missing. How many of you like fried bologna? Some do, some don't. Now let's get down to something that's really important. How many like the Cardinals? God bless you. How many of you are rebels and like the Royals? The altar's open. (laughs) We're different, aren't we? We're different. I was raised in southeast Missouri. That's cardinal country. I moved up here into central Missouri, and you and and the more you go west, the more it splits, and people are for the royals. Why I have no idea. 
But people are different. Some people like salt on their, on their watermelon. Some people don't. Some people like this they, and don't like that. Some people wouldn't, wouldn't give you the time of day for certain things that you like. We're different. But there is to be a coming together, though there's differences in us. That, let's say Brother Ronnie don't like a lot of things maybe that I like, but that shouldn't keep us from being like-minded in Christ. But also, he shouldn't think of himself more highly than me, and I shouldn't think of myself more highly than him. Can I tell you something? It's like I told people before, and, and, and people don't understand that. Hey, yes, I'm the pastor, but when it comes to business meeting stuff, I got one vote just like you got. We're the same. Can I tell you that I have to, I have to confess my sin just like anybody else? There's no one here that's better than anybody else. And there should be a lowliness of our minds that helps us to encourage one another and strengthen one another and have a like-mindedness in Jesus Christ. Because it's not about us. That agenda of like-mindedness should be about like-mindedness of Christ and the Word of God and the things of God and the Spirit of God. Coming together so that there's unity within our lives and, and living for the Lord together. Going out to reach the lost, to glorify God. The psalmist said it this way in Psalms 133 and verse 1. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unit, together in unity. Unity. Though we're all different. There should be a like-mindedness, a, a one mind together for the things of God. The unity that comes together is that it's centered around something that we should all be like-minded about, and that's Jesus Christ and the Word of God and the things of God. That should make us like-minded to see God glorified, to see lost souls saved, to see God do great and mighty things. And there should be a stirring in our hearts and lives. And it should motivate us to, to live for God and to say, I want to be like-minded like, uh, like the Scripture. As Paul is writing this, look at the progression of it. Look at verse 5. Let this mind... Be also in you, which was also, or let this mind be in you, which was also, where? In Christ Jesus. We call it the mind of Christ. He's leading us all the way through here and talking about us being of one mind, of one spirit, of, uh, uh, of one accord. The, the chapter Division really was never there. And he's bringing us through and he's showing us about the humility that should be in us, that, that we should care for one another and we should have a like-mindedness and care about the souls of people and humble ourselves. And he gets to Jesus and he comes down to verse 5 and he says, talks about the, having the mind of Christ. A mind that was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ took off his royal robes, laid down his crown, 
humbled himself and took on the form of a man. The form of a servant is what the Bible calls it. And he came because he cared about you and me and he laid down his life that we might have eternal life. He humbled himself. He had one purpose. He had one mind. It says Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. You know what he's telling us? That is the mind that we should have and be one-minded. Not just with one another, but that mind, that like-mindedness that we should have is that we should have a mind of that of Christ. That's where it's going. That's where Paul's taking us on this. He said you need to be of one mind. But then he says, let me just do it this way. You three guys come up here. Blake, stand over here. He says, I want you to be like-minded with him about the things of God. I want you to be like-minded with them about the things of God. And I want you to be like-minded in serving the Lord and living for the Lord. I want you to be humble and care for one another and love one another and, and strengthen one another in the things of God. I want you to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind the way you're supposed to. I want you to live like, a, like you're supposed to. And then here's what he says. That mind that I want you to have, come here. You're like-minded in one another. I'm not asking you to be like-minded about watermelon and about basketball and about, about fish eggs. You say, here's what I'm asking you to be like-minded about. To have the mind of Christ and you join together. He said, this is what the like-mindedness is about, about having the same mind towards the things of God as Jesus Christ did. Jesus Christ came to seek and save that was lost, but he came to do the will of the Father which is in heaven. That's what was his, on his mind, to do the will of the Father. How you know, preacher? When he was praying in the garden, he said, if it, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Otherwise, talking about death on the cross. But then he says, nevertheless, not my will be done, but thine. That's one mind to serve God. And that's what he's saying. Be of one mind as a church with the mind of Christ to serve God. Otherwise, love him with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Everything within you. You know what it's going to do? Thank you, fellas. It's going to cause you to say, you know what? Okay, preacher, who do I need to be like-minded with in here? Tell me, point them out. No, I don't. I, I, that, you got it wrong. You're to be like-minded with Christ. If you be like-minded with Christ, and he's 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 like-minded with Christ, 
and he's like-minded with Christ, guess what? Then you'll be like-minded. So what should we strive to do, preacher? Be like-minded with Christ. Well, preacher, what about all these things you're talking about? Well, is that being like-minded with Christ? Well, no. Then I'd change my mind. Well, what about this preacher? I, you know, I, 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 how's Christ look at it? Well, if you want to be like-minded, look at the way he looks at it. Well, I, I, I just can't, you know, I, I, I just, do you want to be like-minded with Christ? Yeah. Well, then, think on it the way he thinks on it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for the mercies of God. Help us to have that mind of Christ. Help us to walk near unto you. Help it to be our desire to be like-minded as a church. But that like-mindedness, Lord, should be centered upon the mind of Jesus Christ. That we might be like-minded with Him. If we'll be like-minded with Christ, all those that are like-minded with Christ will be like-minded together. Lord, you do great and mighty things and you'll bring about strength in the church. Lord, you'll be glorified. Souls will be saved. May we glorify you. I pray in Jesus' name.